Welcome to Psyche Magic, a podcast about waking up to the subconscious via our nocturnal dreams. I'm your host, Jordan Hale. I'm a psychotherapist based in Nashville, Tennessee. Together, we'll learn to befriend the unknown and her deep well of wisdom. While aspects of this podcast may feel therapeutic, it is never meant to take the place of therapy. Welcome back to Psyche Magic. I am feeling the collective energy shift as the earth starts to wake up and breathe and stretch and shake back to life after a long winter. I felt some stagnation in my energy start to finally shift as well. I'm a big fan of lymphatic tonics this time of year for this very reason. Stinging nettles, cleavers, dandelion, just to name a few. And I'm excited to say that I'm getting some awesome new ideas for the future of the show. We are going to be reworking our format and Patreon offerings quite a bit, with my main goal being to build more community and connection among our listeners. So stay tuned for some exciting updates on that front very soon. I was really inspired by the Oscar Awards this past weekend, with a long overdue emphasis on diversity, equity, and inclusion. One of my favorite films of the year, Everything Everywhere All at Once, swept the awards in virtually every major category. Their directing team, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert, known as The Daniels, gave an incredible speech about the power of the collective and their commitment to creating an environment of safety and enhanced creativity on set by avoiding hierarchical perspectives, something we are often lacking as humans, especially those of us raised in more of a Western individualistic frame of mind. I can see a powerful way forward for the show in opening up my arms and embracing the ideas and viewpoints of my listeners as much as possible, rather than presenting myself as an expert or creating the show solely around my own ideas and opinions. So I thank you as always for being here, and I can't wait to get to know you all better and get you more involved. On this very special episode, I am talking with Elise Dussault, grief coach, Reiki practitioner and intuitive who lives and works here in Nashville. I was drawn to Elise's work because of the personal touch I could sense throughout her web presence. Her work is near and dear to her own heart, and she works with those who are grieving skillfully because of her own experiences that opened up this path for her to be able to heal alongside others. Elise and I discuss psychism and mediumship, one of my favorite subjects, as many of you know, so I thought it could be fun to do an intro about the Claire's, a fun insider term referring to the types of extrasensory perception many believe humans and other life forms are born with, but that we often lose touch with as we grow up and are encouraged in our society to be nothing but reasonable, rational, and logical. Our brains are plastic, so if we don't utilize a skill or ability, we tend to lose touch with it. 
But just as we can prune away unused material, we can also grow and cultivate and remember these abilities. The clairs are clairsentience, clear feeling. In my training, this pertains to both physical sensations and emotions. Clairaudience, clear hearing. Clairvoyance, clear seeing. Claircognizance, clear knowing. Clairgustance, clear tasting. And clairsalience, clear smelling. While many of us may feel we are naturally stronger in one or a few of these especially, we can develop them all, and many of the most skilled intuitives and mediums will cite information coming to them from several of the clairs in combination to create really accurate and detailed evidence. An example would be connecting with a grandmother in spirit, seeing flashes of her physical form and details about her appearance, while hearing her name, smelling her perfume, and maybe getting the taste of her signature flavor of cinnamon gum. For me, clairsentience is one of my strongest clairs. Since a child, I've naturally sensed the emotions of others and could often tell when someone was upset or struggling with something. I also often receive psychic information in my physical body, such as brief physical pains to give me pertinent information, or even physically sensing energy moving around me in the atmosphere. This was what happened during my first wake-up call mediumistic experience that showed up around a devastating loss. I will do a full story time one day. Elise and I had a really fun conversation about working with the Claire's, and she shared some awesome exercises to work with some of these abilities on your own for those of you who are interested. I would also recommend the book Psychic Witch by Matt Oren, as it's chock full of excellent exercises and visualizations. One thing I want to dispel is that psychic abilities must come with good boundaries. There are ethical considerations that I view as essential, such as not deliberately connecting with someone's energy with the intent of reading them psychically or mediumistically without their consent. This protects both the sitter and the medium, as it wouldn't be healthy to walk around energetically open at all times. We must cultivate good energetic boundaries just as we strive to cultivate good emotional boundaries, not too rigid and not too diffuse. So with that, please enjoy my interview with the amazing Elise Dusso. All right, Elise Dussault, welcome to Psyche Magic. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to do this with you. I know it's been a little bit that we had to do some rescheduling yes. and stuff, but I'm so excited we made this happen. Because life. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm still, I know like last time I was sick, I'm still getting over sickness. So I apologize oh for God. like the little bit of nasaliness in my voice. I but... have it too. No, dude, I feel yeah. like it, right now it's winter in Nashville and everyone's catching a little sniffle. So yeah, mm -hmm. no worries. I'm right there with you. Yeah, I'm really excited to do this, Elise. I mean, you know that I have a very special interest in mediumship and working with the spirit realm. So anytime I get to chat with someone about that, I just nerd out. So I'm really glad you're here. Likewise. <laughs> Yay! 
Um, okay. I would love it if you could just introduce yourself for the listeners, please. So just tell them a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. So as Jordan mentioned, my name is Elise and I live here in Nashville. Um, I am a grief coach and a Reiki practitioner. So I um, do energy work essentially, and I help people who are moving through grief to help them connect with their loved ones on the other side, just as I did with my fiance, Jared. I have a podcast called Grief Awakening Podcast, where I tell that entire story from start to finish yeah. and how I discovered that connection and how that changed my my life, really. <laughs> absolutely. Your, your path, right? Like just sort mm -hmm. of a transition. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I feel that. <laughs> We'll get into it. I, yeah, I feel like once you kind of have this path revealed to you, it can be very transformative. <laughs> For sure. And there's like no going back. That's what I mean. It's just one of those moments where nothing can ever be the same again. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, no big deal. Um, <laughs> okay. So Elise, let's pull our tarot card. Love it. Okay. Let's see what, you know, kind of guidance that we receive for this conversation. Um, I really, you know, when I used to do this, I would try really hard to like shuffle in advance and be like ready to go. And now I really prefer to just like take it in the moment and like take my time and find the card that makes sense to me. So yeah, I love when like a card just flies out. I know. That's my favorite. I know. I, so my thing that I'm doing right now is that I shuffle just very slowly and I wait for this like physical sensation that I get, which is like this little tingling, like right here. Mm -hmm. So like, I just go very slowly. And then once I feel that little tingle, that's when I stop. So let's just see. Okay. Elise, I found the card. It did the tingle. So we got it. Okay. Oh yes. Okay. Here we go. Girl. Moon card. Oh, I love a good moon card. Boom. <laughs> okay, for the listeners, I'll just describe it quickly because it's a doozy. <laughs> okay, so this is the moon. So we're in like major arcana energy, which is always a fun place to be. Let's see, Roman numerals. Uh, this is card 18. Um, there is a sun slash moon at the top. So it's both. There are two animals. So one of them is more like a sort of domesticated style looking dog. The other looks more like a wild dog, like maybe more like a wolf. Hmm. I know. There's a path between them that winds all the way up through this like grassy landscape up into the mountains. And we can see all the way up into this like beautiful uh, landscape. And then there are two towers on either side of the animals. And they're just these sort of like twin stone towers, very like nondescript. And then there's a pool of water in the foreground. And coming out of the water is this little lobster crustacean creature. So yes, the moon. Elise, what does this card mean to you? What comes up when you see this? Oh my gosh. I have so much connection to the moon. Okay. And the moon cycle specifically. Um, so I love that this card came up. But for me, especially with there being like two different types of, we'll say dog-like animals in there and showing it in different, two different ways, almost like the light and the dark, very much like in the moon cycles, when we have a full moon, we have the full full illumination. And then when we have a new moon, which we just went through, we're in the period of darkness. Yeah. And I feel like my life is very much in sync with the moon cycles. Mm -hmm. Like when there is a new moon, I am like when we're going to a new moon, I'm shedding some stuff, yeah. right? I'm like releasing and then when the full moon. Yeah, releasing. And when the full moon's coming up, I'm expanding. Mm -hmm. So 
Yeah, I love a moon card. I'm obsessed with the moon. We do, we do. <laughs> Literally, I am always paying attention to what the moon is doing and how that is impacting me. Mm-hmm. This card, I mean, obviously, I love this for this show because the moon card is all about connecting to the sort of unseen and the unconscious realms. We have this sort of wild nature that is within all of us that is interconnected to all living things. Mm -hmm. And so the more that I can realize that the domesticated part of us is important, but the wild part is important too. I feel like I'm always more aligned and more balanced when I can hold both of those things. So... Yeah. What do you, okay, by the way, what do you make of the little lobster guy? Like, do you have any thoughts about that? I've always been a little bit perplexed by him. I'm not sure. I'd have to, maybe look up like the spiritual meaning. You know what? I'm going to do it right now. We're going to do Lobsters. We're going to do it. Because I want to know. I actually actually have um, like one of those dream Bible things over here. And it has animals in it. I wonder (gasps) if it has lobsters in it. Oh my God, look it up. Wait, and you know what I just realized? This is actually very on brand for the dream that you're going to share of like your animal spirit connection. So that's super fun. I know. Okay, I'm looking up lobster symbol. And I usually type in like magic. (laughs) Magical realm. (laughs) Right. Okay, here we go. Lobster spiritual meaning and interpretation. Ooh. Okay. So the lobster is an animal emblem, which is considered to have the power of protection and discovery. The sign of a lobster stands for transformation and rejuvenation. It also stands for emotional growth. The lobster signifies rejuvenation of obscure thoughts hidden inside you for a long time. Ooh. Okay. Interesting. I'm into that. I was also just thinking too, like the lobster probably makes you think of the ocean and the moon is so connected to the ocean as well. Like the tides, the tides trying to bring in that element. 100%. Pixie, she, Pixie Smith knew what she was doing when she made these illustrations. Okay. (laughs) She knew what was going on. Um, Okay. Moon card. Love it. We'll see how that uh, image kind of unfolds for us as we yeah, talk. for sure. You mentioned that you had pulled some cards today as well. Is there anything you want to share? I did. So I just got this brand new deck and this is kind of also on brand with what we're talking about. It's an animal deck. It's called the Spirits on Tarot. Cool. And it's actually by like a local Chattanooga artist. Love. Um, got it over the weekend when I was there and I actually pulled two cards for you specifically. <gasps> so I hope that's okay. Wait, that makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what came up was... Oh my God. Um, this deck's a little different where it uses animals rather than like Ace of Swords yeah. or whatever. Like, so this is Queen of Feathers, Ooh. which for those of you who are listening, it has like a really beautiful oh bat on the picture with like beautiful design. These illustrations are amazing. It's probably the most beautiful bat I've ever seen. Truly. I don't really think of bats as beautiful. Oh no, she's like ethereal. But, yeah. And the other card was Nine of Shells. It has a beautiful penguin oh surrounded by this like little gathering of shells. Oh, what a cutie. Okay. So I'm going to briefly just like read the descriptions out of the book because I just got this but okay so we'll do queen of feathers first I feel like this card is something maybe based in the past and the other one feels like present or future that's the vibe I'm getting from these because just the way they fell out yeah so queen of feathers keywords sharp perception truth integrity realistic self-discipline direct clarity of thought and freedom Uh, With sharp perception, Bat's keen radar cuts through with that which is hidden. A mistress of the naked truth, she doesn't stand for being fooled. She gains spiritual depth through struggles and is objective and rational in her approach. 
love, love. Very interesting. I love the sort of mixture of interest in mystery and esotericism, but also like rationalism and yeah, good like discernment, right? It's a really nice combination. Something I feel like I'm always, <laughs> I'm always trying to straddle that line. <laughs> like, how do I do both? <laughs> oh, for sure. So this beautiful penguin represents a yes. uh, proficient at diving deep down beneath the surface of common perception to access what is needed and bringing dreams to fruition. Stop. Oh, my God. Determined and insightful. He's your guide in the unfolding of a bright future. Wait, love. Happiness, gratitude, wishes, fulfilled, comfort, triumph, inspiration, abundance and rewards. All the beautiful things. Oh, my God. Yes, please. Also, just like diving deep, like going into that which is, you know, sort of hidden or obscure. Like, yeah, yes. so beautiful. I love these That's cards. so fun. Elise, I'm so glad you did that. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. That's so fun. I like, you know, always on the show, I'm always pulling a card for somebody else. I never have someone pull one for me. So thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so fun. Um, okay. So yes, I will be meditating on those symbols as we talk, those animal companions. So Elise, now speaking of animal companions, <laughs> let's talk about your dream. So you presented a gorgeous dream. I would love if you could just kind of share the story, the narrative, and then we'll kind of, you know, tease it out. Yeah, absolutely. So this dream was probably one of the most vivid dreams I've ever had in my life. Mm. Um, it was, I believe it was December of 2021. So okay. just before the new year last year, yeah. um, I was living with my brother-in-law and sister-in-law at the time. So my partner who passed, it's his brother and his wife and their two children. We all shared a house together. So in this dream, instead of being in the house that we were actually living in together, we were all living in my childhood home Yeah, together, which is in a completely different state. I know it's the home that I lived in with my parents before I went off to college and moved out of the house. So in the stream, um, the adults, so my sister-in-law and I, my brother, we we're all sitting downstairs in this family room sitting area, like watching a movie. And I hear a noise outside and I go look out the window and I'm like, I tell my brother-in-law, you know, Jason, there's a woman outside, go outside and help her. Mm. She was like in our pathway, like walking up to the door and she looked like she was injured. And he runs up, goes outside, comes back in holding a giant, like, snow leopard type cat. And I'm looking at him so confused. The cat runs out of his arms. It's the most beautiful animal I've ever mm -hmm. seen with, like, these icy blue eyes, like, very white and um, pearlescent, like, gray fur. Ugh. Like, so, so beautiful. Like, something you would see in, like a beautiful like national geographic or like totally. even to be on a on an oracle card like or something otherworldly. Right? yes yes and so this animal runs around the room just keeps running and running and running until it stops straight in its tracks and sits in front of me and i kneel down and get mm. eye level with this animal and i look into its eyes its icy blue eyes and in the pupil of its eye i see a woman I'm an chills. old wise woman <laughs> I know cool. it was the woman that I had seen when I looked out the window initially. And so I'm seeing this figure of this woman in the animal's eyes mm. and she looks straight at me and she says to me, you need to heal your heart. And I just, in my dream, I'm just nodding my head up and down to mm. her. Like I understand everything that she's telling me, like the undertone of those words, I understand completely in that moment. And I'm just mm. nodding to her telling, yes, I understand. And then I wake up 
so powerful. I knew when I woke up how powerful that dream was. I remember instantly writing it down. I think I jotted down my phone first and then later like really journaled on it, but it was so beautiful. Mm. I know just even in a dream, like to hear in words, like such a resonant statement like that, right? Like just direct guidance. (laughs) Mm-hmm. It's rare. When, when do we ever get that? So it's like rare. Never that simple. Right? I know. I know. You know what? Because I know that you've had like multiple layers of sort of like processing this dream. So let's start at the beginning. Let's start with the symbols of the dream, right? So the first symbol that sort of stands out is the fact that there's this house that is like a different version, right? Of your, Mm -hmm. it's like your childhood home, but in a current context, right? Yes. Just so interesting. And oftentimes what I will notice is that we return to a childhood home or a place where we have some unresolved emotions, right? Yes. So when I first had this dream and I don't think I thought much of it being in my childhood home, I was just like, oh, that's, that's weird, but all right, whatever. To me, what stood out more was the message and the animal. But as time has gone on and I've had repeated more dreams in that same environment, not necessarily with those people, sometimes just by myself or with my actual family who did live there with me. um, What I realized moving forward was that the home was the place that my parents last lived in together before they got divorced. Okay. It was the home they separated in. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the home that my family, unfortunately, kind of fell apart exactly. a little bit. And so this keeps popping up yeah. in my dreams because it is a place of healing that needs to be done. Exactly. For me. Yes. Yes, it makes sense. Like there are, again, there are layers. So there is a layer that was being revealed to you in this dream that there's actually some kind of childhood stuff that needs to be addressed, right? Yeah. 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 So when this first popped up, like the message, you need to heal your heart. Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, it's just about my grief. It's about me moving forward and finding a new partner or something like. I've had this, this loss and I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But truly is even more deeply rooted in that just based on the location of the dream. It's like, I don't not only need to heal from my grief to move forward and eventually hopefully find a new partner, but it's like the childhood trauma of like seeing a relationship fall apart in mm. a completely different way. You the know? experience of that yeah. as a kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why I love dreams is that whenever there's a symbol, it can have these multiple layers of meaning. Like it doesn't just mean one thing. It means all these different things at once, which is just yeah. like it always, it's like the head exploding emoji for me, like every time. Okay. Can we also talk about the leopard, please? And like your sense of your spirit guide. I know listeners are going to want to hear about this. So like, tell me about like what the leopard sort of like symbolizes to you and then how you came to tie that to your guide. It was interesting because I think throughout my life, I I have a huge connection to animals in general. I love animals so much. And during the period of this dream, I actually um, had, we had taken in like a cat that Mm. belonged to another family member who couldn't take care of it anymore. And I, even though I'm allergic to cats, I suddenly had this huge connection to this animal. His name's Samson. Shout out to Samson. Oh, (laughs) what a cute little name, Samson. And, um even though like I felt this resistance to 
bonding with this cat because I was allergic to him and he was kind of like this grumpy old animal. We we suddenly bonded in this huge new way. Mm. He was like my buddy in the house. And so to then have a, a another animal, so we're, mm. we're saying leper, but could have also just been like a really large cat. Sure. Um, having that connection in the dream, it felt like, oh, me accepting, I don't know, cats in general or like the spirit of the cat. Yeah. Which I think is also, I haven't, looked it up recently but I feel like I remember someone telling me like cats are very connected to like divine feminine energy absolutely yes like so many sort of myths and fairy tales involve that that symbol yeah yeah it was just so beautiful and then the actual women in the dream I didn't I wasn't connected with my spirit guides at the time Mm -hmm. of that dream this was very early on my spiritual journey I'll say you know this is we're talking about a year and a half ago even now I think and um, later on when I had done some meditations to connect with my spirit guides and, yeah. and now I have like a specific four that I tune into on a regular basis, yeah. she is my guide for wisdom. Amazing. Yeah. So I continued to see that woman and I so connected with her. that was how you made the connection is that... And her, yeah, her name was, is Mary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you got this specific sort of visual of Mary and, and of her physical form, as a human. And then Mm -hmm. that visual started coming back to you in your meditations and in your exploration and and invitation of your guides to spend time with you, get to know you. Yeah. Or for you to get to know them, I should say. Yeah, they already know me. They already know you. They're like, girl, I got your number. Where have you been my whole life? (laughs) You're like, oh, you guys are here? Okay, cool. Let's like hang out. Yeah. So I tune, I tune into her frequently, especially it helps that I, I have a visual of her of like knowing what she looks like and her energy and even with the animals showing up as well. And I tune in, seek her guidance when I need to, whether it be for my work or um, an important decision I need to make anything like that. She just gives like the simplest, like just calm answers. It's like, oh yes. She just tells you like what you're what the truth is. If you take away all the fears of anything you're going to ask or that you're worried about, she just gives you the plain, simple truth. That's the word I hear over and over again when we're talking about sort of intuitive guidance is there's a quality of just simplicity always. Like simple and yet so profound. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. like it's both, but... Yeah, it's it's like your deepest knowing. Yeah, you know, oh, she just gives you your clearest, it. deepest knowing yeah. without all of the the fears and judgments and extra layers of human stuff that we put on top of it, yeah, right? Exactly. All of our bullshit. Mm-hmm. So then, okay, because I was gonna ask you about like Claire's, right? Because I know listeners are gonna want to hear about this too. So for you, clearly there's a very strong sort of clairvoyant element, right? Because not only yeah. was this dream a you know visual image, but Mary also presents herself to you visually. So can you talk a little bit about sort of like whether you had to grow that skill or sort of work on it or whether it's always been there? Like, how did you come to feel into your clairvoyance? Yeah. So I will say, I don't think I, obviously when you're a little kid, you don't know these words like clairvoyance, clairaudience, you just do it. Stuff. <laughs> you just do it. Like I was a super vivid, uh, daydreamer mm-hmm. to the, you know, to the point where someone was talking to me and I wouldn't even respond because I was so in oh my, my, my head, my vision, you know, just like looking out the car window and we're, we're in, you know, driving with my parents yeah. and, um, they lovingly called it a lease land, this place that I would go to in my mind's eye. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> 
And so I've always been very clairvoyant. Yeah. And even as a child, I had a period of like going through nightmares and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but I think throughout my teenage and like early college years, I really lost my ability to dream or I just wasn't remembering my dreams. And it really wasn't until I started moving through grief that the dreams started coming back so vividly, yeah. which is very interesting. Yeah. Um, and that's why I started writing them down. And I feel like, I really feel like the practice of writing them down helps you remember them it more does. and more. It reinforces that I'm, I'm paying attention. Like I'm, yeah. I'm, le- I'm inviting this wisdom. I'm letting it in. Wow. Okay. Yes. So clairvoyance is something that you really have always accessed, but that there have been different mm-hmm. phases of sort of like emphasizing it or not. Yeah. And I do feel like it is something you can grow too. Absolutely. I think there's exercises you can do, even if it's like, you know, sitting with uh, friends and I do this for fun sometimes, like sitting with a friend and they're thinking of an image. I love doing this. And you tune in together to your energy and be like, okay, I think you're seeing a flower or I think it's, you know, I think it's a bluebird or whatever it is and like so playing fun. that game with each other. And you can even, one practice that I've done if people are interested in this is being in a room and then closing your eyes and seeing if you can recall where everything is in the room, like pointing out, oh, there's, there's, um, you know, a vase over there. There's this piece of furniture there. My TV remote is over there. You know, if you're in your living room. Absolutely. So like trying just to remember in your mind's eye where, what you were just looking at. The details of that, right. Mm -hmm. And letting yourself really go through like each of the details. That's such a good practice. That's great. Very practical too, you know? Yeah. And it's so easy because you can simply just so quickly open your eyes and be like, Oh, 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 wait a minute. That's over there. (laughs) Oh, that's so fun. On that note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. I've had my own path to discovering mediumship and not only having experiences with mediums that were very life-changing, but learning to tap into my own awareness and sort of spirituality in that way. Yeah. But I will say that clairvoyance actually is one of the harder ones for me. It's one that I feel like, yeah, it's one that I feel like, I'll give you an example. The other day I was giving myself like an intuitive test, right? So I was like pulling certain like cards and seeing if I could just capture information about the cards. And it was so interesting because I noticed I was like skipping steps. So I would look at the card and I would immediately feel like there's a triangular face, like a shape. And then I would feel a color like orange. And then my brain went fox, right? And then my brain got stuck, fox, fox, fox. But then I looked at the card and it was a tiger. And the tiger had this very like sort of triangular, like fierce face. And it was of course orange. And I was like, man, I have to be able to give the information that I'm getting and not jump to conclusions. Like, oof. So I get into trouble with clairvoyance on that front. I don't know if that's that's, familiar to you, but woof. It is. That's so hard. Um, I feel like the first thing that comes to you is always your intuition. It's always... Immediate, right? The immediate Boom. thing, right? Yeah. But our ego pops in and says, no, 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 no. That I'm can't be figure right. this out. <laughs> yeah. Let's keep thinking on it. It's got to be something different, you know? Oh, <laughs> like God. your logic is going to be able to discern what it is. Story of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been doing some really cool classes with Oak Bridge Institute. Shout out to Michael yeah. Mayo and Megan Yeah, I'm Lisa. actually reading his book right now, Spirit Speaks. It's so good. I love Michael. I 
I, I got that book as well, and I need to actually read it. It's in my stack of books on my nightstand that's way too tall. But I love their approach because they are all about like, slow it down, break it down. You have to give exactly what you're getting. Like, don't interpret, mm-hmm. which is so much harder than it sounds. <laughs> my God. Um, but yeah, I love them. Shout out to Oak Bridge. They're fabulous. Um, okay. Now, so... I want to also talk about, um, you mentioned that there was this very powerful dream that was, of course, transformative. But then also, there have been dreams of sort of like visitations from loved ones who had passed, Mm -hmm. right? So I would love to hear about sort of how that has shown up for you and how that's sort of impacted your work. Oh, yeah, for sure. So after Jared passed, I think, Jared's my fiance, by the way. I think it took me a few months to really start seeing that kind of uh, connection with him Yeah. in the beginning. And I, I really want to bring this up for people who are listening, who are Good. grieving is you might experience these dreams where you, you are dreaming about your loved one, but it's something scary or stressful or yeah. you're reliving the loss or something mm-hmm. like that. I had these dreams quite frequently about my fiance where I in the dream was looking for him. Like I knew, I knew he was missing something bad had happened and I was looking for him. This is what I've heard been called a release dream. And it's really just our body's way of processing grief Mm. and things that we haven't been able to like physically work through just yet. Um, So it, yeah, it will manifest through a dream. And so those can, when you wake up from those can be really upsetting. Of course. Right. Cause you're you're feeling the emotions all over again, but I think we can also um, appreciate those dreams because it is helping us process something that maybe we're not able to process in real time. Absolutely. But visitation dreams, when those occur, typically they are this very like joyous, beautiful moment. There will never be anger or stress or you won't wake up feeling scared. Yeah. Typically it's something with like compassion and peace, you just feel comfort. Peace. Yes, absolutely. You feel that like beautiful energy from your loved one. Mm. And a lot of times they are just these feelings of like living everyday life with your, with your loved one. Yes. I've heard this many times. Just, yes. a, just a normal day. Just hanging out. Yeah. Not a lot of drama. Just chilling. One dream that I was, would have with Jared frequently was this dream about us driving the car together, our old Jeep. And we would be driving and go to lunch on a Saturday, which is something we always did on Saturday afternoons after, you know, our morning workout, we'd get together and treat ourselves to a, yes. a lunch date, you know? Of course. And so we would be driving in the car and he would reach for my hand, mm-hmm. you know, on the center console. And he would say, I hold my hand. I miss holding your hand. Yes. And I had this dream so many times um, mm. and I would always, unfortunately, always wake up and it's bittersweet when you wake up, I know. of course, because you're like, oh, I just want to stay in that moment with them. And you also realize, oh, that was a dream. Yeah. And they are still gone. And that's, that's also hard. You know, it's both. It's like, I got to experience that and I can't hold on to it, unfortunately. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I'm really glad that you brought up kind of these two different types of dreams that can happen at different phases of grief. Like, Mm -hmm. and you will know this better than I will, but the way I make sense of that is that it's like, we have to go through that first really kind of low sort of dark night of the soul moment of like reckoning of the pain of what happened. Right. And then 
I feel like there's this, there's more of an upswing in the energy of like, I've gone through that difficulty and now there's a bit more openness to sort of that reconnection piece, these reconnection moments yes, that can happen. Yes. Is that, does, does that feel right to Yeah, you? for sure. That, okay. that was my experience for sure. And yeah. now there's even a third iterate, iteration of it where, you know, for a while, probably over the last year and a half to two years where I would have the visitation dreams with Jared and other loved ones as well. And you're fully immersed in the dream. It feels real. You're like, they are here with me. I'm just living everyday life with them. And now there's this third iteration where in the dream, I know that I'm dreaming mm. because they are there. Like the yeah. the permanence of the loss has set in so deeply now that when I go into the dream state and I'm being visited, yes, I realize that I'm dreaming. My system knows that on every level now, mm-hmm. like at this point, right? Yes. Yeah. Wow. And then how does that impact the like emotional quality of the dream? Like when there's the like awareness, does it change? No, for me, I think that it's still so beautiful. I don't, yeah. it doesn't make me emotional in fact, I, I ask for it even more frequently. I'm like, yes, just like keep giving me that, um, that feeling. Please Come keep visiting. Out. Yeah. Like I welcome it in, even though they're sure there's a, a sad or of course sad undertone to that, knowing that I am dreaming, but it doesn't make it any less fun. You yeah, know, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I'm still getting this moment with you mm-hmm. that I want. Yeah. So keep it coming. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. yeah. I know. I feel like this is a great place to sort of just transition into the work that you do. And I really, when I first learned about your sort of model of helping people reconnect with loved ones, I was so excited and so moved because I have so many clients who I feel like really need guidance in how to do that. Like, Many of us who work in therapy know that finding a way to maintain a connection with a loved one is one of the key pillars of like moving through grief, but people need someone to teach them how to do that. So please talk to us about the work that you do, the coaching that you do. Yeah. Firstly, I want to say that I'm glad that you recognize for people, especially your clients that like keeping a connection is so important because I feel like through the beginning of my grief journey and a lot of people that I work with, they're kind of told the opposite. You're, you're constantly being told, when will you move on? You know, the famous words move on. Mm -mm. Um, you know, when are you going to start dating again? Mm -hmm. When are you going to, um, move out of the house? You know, all the, all the things where they want you to detach. Right. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's more like, no, let's, keep the connection going. Let's keep the conversation going. So that's really what we're doing is we're finding a way that's best for you and for them to recreate the connection, Mm. keep a conversation going in whatever way that sometimes for people, it is just dreams. Maybe all you want is dreams and that's okay. And so we do a practice to go into brief visualizations and ask your loved ones specifically to come visit you in a dream. I love knowing that you do that. Fabulous. Yeah. And other people, like I love the signs. So I, Me I know too. you're, we had a huge conversation about this, like getting signs. Mm. is like so much fun. It's, the it's, best. A way to, it's a way to be playful, ask for like really unique things. Um, it's so freaking so cool. Yeah. So I'm teaching clients how to do that as well. Um, even how to like release and let go to like release control of like how a sign should show up. Another a lot huge of times lesson. we go, we go into that vibration of like, oh, I asked for a sign, but, but I keep looking around and I'm not seeing it. And I asked for it to come on 3 PM on Tuesday and it's not here, you know, like know. releasing all of that and the fear of what, yeah. if, what if I don't, what if I ask for it and I don't get it. Right. Yes. Yes. 
There's, there's so many layers. There has to be openness and flexibility in terms of like, this might not come in the way I'm expecting it to, but I have to remain open to that. Mm-hmm. And I think the more and more it happens, the more and more you get the validation, it's so much easier you to let trust. go. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Do you, so do you have any favorite kind of like sign like moments or examples? Oh my gosh, I have so many. I'm sure I actually you do. have a I have a whole episode on my on my podcast about this as well. Good. We will link to that. I guess I'll I'll probably tell like the most popular one, which is the pink elephant story. Okay. I think it was 2021, summer of 2021. I went on a trip with my grandmother and my mom to uh South Carolina and we stayed at the beach. And I remember I think it was the second day on this on this trip, I couldn't fall asleep. And mm-hmm. so at night I was laying in bed talking to my fiance Jared, which is what I do a lot, which I know sounds so silly to probably some people listening, but I were I'm very clear audience as well. And I talked to him in spirit and I said, Oh, if you're, you know, if you're here, send me a pink elephant. I just chose <laughs> something so unique and random that like when it would come through, I knew I I could trust it. I can't explain it away. Like pink elephants don't exist in real life that I know of. So exactly. I knew that if I were to get one, it was gonna be from him. Mm-hmm. So the next morning I wake up and I'm scrolling on my phone while I'm drinking my coffee. I'm looking for like a fun activity for my mom and I to do that day and pops up an ad on my phone to go visit like these sculptures, giant, like life-size sculptures of elephants. And one of them is pink. (laughs) It's just so cute. Like it's like less than less than 12 hours. That sign was delivered. And it was like a big, like, like a big, like and, event. Yeah. You know? And I can, I continue to get the pink elephants. Actually, when I was coming home from that trip, I arrived at my house where I was living with my niece and nephew and my sister-in-law and brother-in-law. And I go upstairs to my room to drop off my luggage. And my little niece, who was, I think, two at the time, she ha- greets me at the top of the stairs and she hands me a stuffed pink elephant Stop. a toy. She just like walked over and handed it to me and my sister-in-law was standing there. She was like, oh, we just found that in the attic. It was mine when I was little. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what are the chances of that? Like I knew, I knew it was Jared. That's the other thing that I remind people about signs is that like, truly it sounds cheesy and silly, but like you will know, like you will feel Mm -hmm. it. It's kind of like we were talking about with your guide and the way that she communicates, like just sort of the depth of truth of like knowing that happens in these moments where it's like, yeah. I also tell people too, if you pick up an item or hear a song on the radio or someone says a phrase to you and you immediately think of your loved one, trust that it's them. Like trust that feeling that suddenly just came to you. Like that makes me think of my grandmother or that makes me think of my mom or my dad just out of nowhere. It is them. Yeah, absolutely. You, you brought up like music and songs and that, oh, Mm -hmm. that's one of my favorite ways to sort of like connect. It's just like tuning in and kind of asking for like, just send me, send me a song sometime today. Yeah. And then you'll walk into like a restaurant or something and you'll just hear this perfect song that zooms you right to them, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, uh-huh. It's the best. It's so fun. So good. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. I know there's some good books about signs. Gosh, I'll have to look it up and write a couple of them down. But yeah, one of them I know for sure that really helped me was Signs by Laura Lynn Jackson. Yes. That's probably the most popular. That is a very, yes, that is a great resource. Like Mm -hmm. just lots of awesome sort of examples. Yeah. 
Yeah. I read that one a while back. It's really good. Oh, so fun. Okay. So now walk me through sort of like, let's say that someone reaches out to you for, for coaching and they want to just have a conversation. What are you going to be telling them? What's the kind of framework that they could maybe expect? Yeah. So typically to start out, I really leave the floor open to them to just tell me the struggles that they're currently going through in their grief, as well as just like giving them a space to openly talk about their loved one. Because surprisingly, a lot of times we don't have that. Maybe there's like one person you can go to, but a lot of times you, it'll feel like it's a, you're putting a burden on someone else to constantly talk about them. When a lot of us, that's what we want to do is just, we want to be asked. Speak freely and Mm -hmm. share versus maybe avoid, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Good point. For sure. So I'm giving them the open space to do that. And typically I'll just go through like session by session. I start with a Reiki session as well. And I do this because I really feel like when we are, we're heart, we're holding some grief in our body, mm. it typically will show up physically as well as, you know, the energetic blocks. So doing a little, just a brief Reiki session yeah. as well will help open you up, release some of those pent up emotions. And that, I think that also helps you can start to connect a little bit deeper because you don't have any energetic blocks holding you back mm. from feeling the things that you could be feeling from your loved one. That's, so we're creating more of a sort of open, sort of clear Yeah, kind of channel. like very much opening the heart space, yes. allowing you to like fully call it in, mm. accept it if it were to come in. And then kind of as we move into the later sessions, that's when we move into the fun stuff of like learning how to ask for a sign or a dream visitation, yes. if that's what you prefer. Mm-hmm. Also trying like learning how to trust the the voice, like if, if your loved one does come through clear audiently to you, trusting and like leaning into that connection. Mm-hmm. So there's pieces of that. Trusting is a key word, right? Oh my gosh. It's so easy to talk yourself out of this stuff. It's so hard. And one thing I found really too in the beginning for me was like, I was feeling all these amazing, incredible things and I wanted to tell other people about it, but sure. it was kind of falling on deaf ears or they would look at you like, Elise, um, are you okay? We're gonna have to to check you in somewhere. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, trust me, I know that was a huge block for me. Is like, what are people gonna think? And like, am I gonna be discredited? Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I want people to walk away from this experience, no, like with the deep knowing that they can connect with their loved one, and they're in, they're in communication with them. The relationship didn't end. It's just taken on a new shape, a new form. And it can keep evolving as well. Like I definitely don't tune in and talk to my fiance, Jared, as often as I did maybe in that for those first two years. But I know that I can call on him in any, any moment when I want to, he's always right here. Yeah. I, I have heard people say, and I agree with this, that depending on the situation in some ways, Maintaining a connection with a loved one in spirit can feel even closer than you maybe did in real life. And yes. for me, the way that has played out is that I had a grandmother who passed who I was close with in life, but who I lived far away from, right? So I didn't get to see her very often. But now that she's in spirit, I, I feel like she's around all the time. And like she gets to know everything that's going on. And we can just like easily chat about something that's happening because she's like totally filled in. Like, mm-hmm. I totally yeah absolutely I totally get that I have a similar situation with like a great aunt who like I hardly ever saw that much growing up 
But now she visits me all the time and we're like, I'm closer to her in spirit, which mm-hmm. is just so crazy. But it sounds it's so, so crazy, but it's, tr- it's really true. Ex- experientially, yeah. it really does feel that way. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I just get, yeah, whenever I'm talking about this stuff, I just get very like lit up. There's something so energizing about it to me. Like I just, it's I think it almost kind of feels like maybe we've always had this and always known this, like our inner, inner being knows Mm. that we can do all this. And when you move through grief and someone, you, maybe you read a book like signs or someone tells you that this is an option. It's like, you're rediscovering Mm. something that you, you innately already knew that you had and that you could do. Yeah. That's what it felt like for me anyway. It was very much like a remembering. A remembering. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, this is available. Oh yeah, this is possible. Yeah, somewhere inside you like already know. Yeah, I agree. I love it. Um, Okay, so there's a Reiki element and that's how we sort of get started. And that makes so much sense that that would need to be kind of the foundation for the work, right? It's just that sort Mm -hmm. of openness, that readiness energetically to receive, right? And then you get into the actual coaching of kind of finding your way. And I feel like, tell me what you think, but I feel like the best, you know, the most sort of trustworthy mediums, I should say, are the ones who empower people to do this work themselves and connect them. You don't have to always go to a medium every time, right? You can if you want to, but you don't have to. You can have your own relationship. So yes, and I'm definitely hoping to bring an element of that into the coaching as well. When I I know we've talked about this before about me developing my mediumship a little bit deeper. Um, And so when I feel confident enough in that, that will also become part of the program as well of me. Maybe we'll start off with that. And then you are learning how to create that connection yourself. It's already there. It's just learning how to tune into it. Cultivate it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just like you were saying earlier about dreams. Like if I feed more energy and more practice, just like I would with anything else, like playing the piano or something, then yeah, it's going to get easier. Just takes Mm -hmm. dedicated effort and time. Like where do I want to be putting my energy, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So it's really exciting. It's been really beautiful to watch. And I love receiving messages, even from just my podcast or like people listening to, you know, a meditation I put out or something like that and telling me I was, I was able to see my loved one. You know, I, I felt their energy and that just like, it lights me up to see someone have a moment of joy and happiness when they're deep in their grief from, Oh my God, I'm going to cry. I'm just like thinking about this. Because it's like, you don't, I don't know. I, you do this, right? You've, you've done this on your own for a while now, but you kind of forget like just how profound and like what a miracle those moments are for people, you know, like life-changing mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And I want to reiterate too, like the grief, unfortunately, is never going to go away. Mm-hmm. But I really feel like this process of creating a connection, having a connection does ease the ache a little bit. That's such a good you way know? to put it. Yeah. Exactly. That there can still be healing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm healing even if it's never like a completed process, but that's life anyway. (laughs) Right? We're always healing from something. (laughs) Seriously, as if you could ever actually like be totally healed and just like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a completely healed, perfect being. That's one of my like pet peeves about being a therapist is like this weird misconception people have that your therapist is this like ascended 
like perfect person. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, I've like figured out all the answers and I never get emotionally dysregulated and I'm going to teach you how to do the same thing. No, I'm just a human over here. Okay. Like I'm messed up all kinds of ways. I did seek out therapy before I discovered this connection. Yeah. I guess it was in the beginning stages of discovering it. And I think I had maybe two sessions and the actual, the person I was sitting with had just lost her mom. Oh man. And so it actually turned into like me giving her therapy and teaching mm. her how to connect. And that's where I that's kind of- That's interesting though. <laughs> I know. And I was like, okay, there's something here. You're like, actually, maybe I yeah. have to look into this. Yeah. You're like, this is not why I came to you, but here we are. It was, it was still so beautiful. I didn't care. That's like, cool. Yes. No, you never know. Like when that door is going to kind of open. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. At least I like yeah. that. You're like, there's something going on for me here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I'm good at this. Oh, oh man. Okay. Is there anything else that you want to just like mention or tell listeners that doesn't have to be, but just in case. No, but thank you so much for doing this with me Thank having you, you on. this like flew by i'm like oh my i God. know i could talk to you like all day i, I could like, too really loving your podcast though i'm <sighs> dreams are like they're so interesting to me i think i've really taken a deep dive on dreams even in the last like three to six months cool. like i have like three journals and a bible like a dream bible thing like hell yeah i'm so interested in it so i love that you're doing this yay I also, I wanted to mention too, I think it's the third episode of my podcast as well. I have a whole episode on dreams and talking about visitation dreams. If people want to know a little bit deeper about that, I go into a little more depth there. Yes. Oh, are you kidding? I, I will go listen to it and I'm sure so many listeners will. So we will link to that as well. Perfect. Um, But I'm so glad that you're loving the show. That makes me so happy, Elise. That's awesome. Yeah. It's like an endless, it's just, it's endlessly fascinating to me. And I know that some people probably don't care about dreams at all, but I find that those of us who are interested, we're like very interested. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know? We're like uh, all in. We're like all in. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I I appreciate you wanting to come on the show and share about your beautiful work. And I'm just so glad to have stumbled upon it and met you. And I can't wait to keep the connection going and, me you know, too. to get more, more involved in what you're doing. Like sign me yeah. up for all the things. Like, yes, please. Likewise. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this Thank with me you. and having me on. Thank you. Okay. Last thing. So please just share with listeners where they can find you, follow you, etc. Yeah, of course. So I am primarily active on Instagram. My Instagram is intuitively underscore Elise, A-L-Y-S-E. And um, I also have a website, intuitivelyelise.com. You can also find information for booking um, information on there as well. And you, of course, you're welcome to reach out through email, intuitivelyelise at gmail.com. Fabulous. Yes. Elise, you're awesome. Thank you. I adore you. That's a wrap for this episode. Thank you again to my guest, Elise Dussault. Your work creates such a powerful ripple of healing in this world. Thank you for sharing your gifts and your stories so vulnerably with us. We are all better for it. If you believe in this work and want to support the continuation of our show, please join us on Patreon. There we are building a community where you'll find bonus dream work exercises, guided meditations, fun mini-sodes, and so much more. 
You can find that at patreon.com backslash psyche magic. The link is in show notes. Don't forget, if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, you'll be automatically entered into a monthly contest to win a free shadow work tarot session with yours truly. Even if all you can muster is a quick rating wherever you get your podcasts, we greatly appreciate it. It truly makes a difference and helps other people find the show. Do you have questions or a dream you want to share? Please drop me an email at psychemagicpodcast at gmail.com. You can also leave me a voicemail via the link in show notes. I'd love to hear from you and you could be featured on a future episode. You can also follow us on Instagram and TikTok, my favorite, at psyche underscore magic. Also check out my Psyche Magic playlist on Spotify. The link is in show notes. Psyche Magic was produced, written, and recorded by me, Jordan Hale. Editing for this episode is by Masuzu Inaga. Our theme music is by Young Summer. Artwork is by Annika Murphy. Special thanks go to Daniel Higby, Michael McMillan, and Grace Fuse. You can check out information about this and other episodes on our website, psychemagicpodcast.com. Psyche Magic is available via Anchor across all podcasting platforms. Thank you so much for listening. I'll leave you with a question. If you must sleep through a third of your life, are you willing to sleep through your dreams too? Get your dream journals out, y'all. Until next time.